We're back with a fresh and new episode of the Teen Challenge of Southern California podcast. When you're here with us, it's important that you know that you can always expect content that lifts up the name of Jesus and the cross. These will be told through messages and conversations that are powerful, dynamic, and encouraging. A new resource that we want you to know about is our 24-7 helpline. No matter where you find yourself, if you just need someone to talk to, to pray with you, and to believe God for you in whatever that difficult season of life looks like, we want you to know that we're here for you. And if you know someone who maybe needs help because of addiction, you can give them the same number and we can help them begin their new life. That number is 888-520-0620. Once again, that's 888-520-0620. Today, we've got our great friend, Pastor Mike Robertson from Visalia First. You better listen in, because he's bringing the fire today. God bless you today, my friends. You know, I haven't always been saved. I was 19 years of age, and um, I did not know what it was like to be saved. I had just smoked a joint, and I had been incarcerated three times already at 19, and I was, had me a job stocking groceries in a store, and a lady came down the aisle, and she said, why don't you come to the Assembly of God Church tonight? I said, well, I don't think there is an Assembly of God Church in this town. She said, oh, yeah, 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 over on 5th Street. I said, no. I walk this town all the time. They know, I come, it says Leveland, Texas. I said, there ain't no Assembly of God Church in Leveland, Texas. She started getting mad. She said, on 5th Street, there's a Assembly of God Church. I said, lady, listen to me. There's a Assembly of God Church. Your letters have been burned out on that sign for some time. I'm just glad your Assembly of God Church, the letters burnt out in the right place. She did not like that. She drugged me down to the church, and she said, now, you got to come. I said, okay, I got one question for you. Are there any ladies in the church? She said, we got ladies everywhere at that church. I said, take me in. <laughs> so I'm taken into the Assembly of God Church, and, a, and I'd never been in the Assembly of God Church. And uh, I walked in, and she lied. There were no ladies in there. <laughs> that skinny preacher said, hey, you look like you need some prayer. Now, how many know what it's like to need prayer and nobody prayed for you? I, I, I said, yes, sir, I, I, I need some prayer. And I didn't know what it meant to be prayed for in the Assemblies of God Church. He said, come down here in the front. You mind if we pray for you? I said, no, no, no. He said, well, just stand right there. We're going to lay hands on you. I said, "La what? You're going to lay the what? Hand on? You're not going to lay no hand on me. He said, yeah, 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 it's what we do. We, we lay hands on people. And uh, so I'm standing there, and I said, okay, what? I, I'd seen this on TV one time, so I knelt down on my knees, and I did this. I said, okay, pray, pray. They started praying, and I'm telling you, I'd never heard a circus like that. They were hollering. They were casting out devils. I mean, they must have cast out 25 devils in those 20 minutes. They threw me around. They talked. And this one big girl was in front. She was praying. And she had a little split between her teeth. And every time she hit a T, she would spit. 
And I said, is this the baptism they've been talking about? They got me down here. They lay in the hands. They've been the baptism on me. I'm telling you, after about 15, 20 minutes, I got up. Every devil was out of my life. I was baptized in the Holy Ghost. I was saved all in the same night. I looked at, I went outside. I looked at the stars first time, drug free. And I said, thank you, Jesus. I have never knew the stars look like that. It's like scales. Do you remember the time scales got taken off your eyes? And you see for the very first time. Man, I am happy to be here. If you have a Bible, I want you to go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter number 4, verse number 9. I appreciate the invitation, fellas. Thank you for allowing me to come over here and mess this place up a little bit. Just take my liberty. Is that what you said, Pastor? Okay, I'll take my liberty. Verse, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 9. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 9. You know, I want to talk to you, and I want to follow up on this theme that you got going on over here. God is faithful. How many know that God is faithful? Somebody say, God is faithful. God has been faithful, and everything that I owe, I owe to the faithfulness of God. God has been good to me. Somebody say, God has been good to me. God has been good to us, and we... The question I ask myself all the time, God, you've been good to me. Am I being good to you? You've been faithful to me, but am I being faithful to you? Am I being faithful to you? So I want to talk to you about the faithfulness of God, and I want to talk to you about us being faithful to him because he's been faithful to us. And I got a pretty strong word here, but fasten your seatbelt. I believe I have something for you. Can I borrow one of your brother's Bible? I left mine in a vehicle. Hey, did you go to, th no, no, you got to open it up for me. Well, I don't know where the book is. Uh, Second Timothy. Where are you from? Visalia. Oh, Visalia. We're going to see if you know the Bible. Uh, I'm new. No, yeah, I'm good, brother. I'm good. Yeah, you are. are you? Right here. You're right there. You're right there. There you go. Thank you, man. What's your name? Michael, that's a cool name. I'm Michael. Yeah, thank you, Michael. Second Timothy chapter number four. Now, this is Paul's last writing for you Bible college people. Paul's last writings, he said to Timothy, he said, Timothy, be diligent. Somebody say, be diligent. Get here as quick as you can because Demas, he has left Teen Challenge and forsaken me. He has loved the present world, departed, and gone to Thessalonica, Cretans, went to Galatia, Titus from Dalmeda is with me, has gone to Dalmeda, only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, he's useful for the ministry to me. I sent Tychus to Ephesus. Now watch this, this is where I wanna preach. Bring my coat that I left with Carpus in Troas. And when you come, bring my books, somebody say my coat, my books, and especially my parchments. Somebody say parchments. Now I want you to jump down all the way to verse number 21. And I want to show you something here. Do your best to come before winter. Do your utmost. Do your best. Here, Michael. Come before winter. Somebody say, come before winter. Now here's the Apostle Paul. This is the last book that we have written by him. He is on the twilight of his, la on his life. He has just told us in the earlier part of this chapter, I have finished my race. 
I have fought a good fight, and there is a crown laid up for me, not only for me, but for everybody who loves his appearance. Paul is basically signing off. We think he's writing around August or September somewhere in the year, and he's writing it off, and he's, he's writing to his friend, Timothy. I want to show you three things. Paul, Paul had three friends. Paul had three friends that he really mentions in this passage, or one friend that he doesn't mention. I mean, uh, the first friend really no, needs no mention of all. I mean, know that Jesus is all our friend. <laughs> Uh, about six of y'all believe that. Oh, I wish I could describe how friendly Jesus is to you. How many found Jesus to be your friend in the midnight hour? I mean, he's indescribable and incorruptible, and I can't, I can't always put it in words, but he's my best friend. He's the water walker instead of a dry boat talker. I'm telling you, Jesus is a friend to the down and out. You can't live without him, and you can't live for him if you don't serve him with your whole heart. I mean, Jesus is our best friend. Somebody say, Jesus is my best friend. And the second one he mentions here, he says, Luke is with me. Now, Luke is a medical doctor. He's on the way to Rome with Paul. And Paul, if you read a little bit, you find out that prisoners could take one or two people with them as servants to help them along the journey. So the, the, the good doctor has disguised himself as a servant of Paul to try to help him in all of his needs when he's in Rome. But then the third one here, he calls out Timothy. He said, Timothy, my son in the faith. Somewhere along the line in your life, in my life, we're going to get ourselves in a situation that we're going to need a godly brother and sister right beside us. We're going to need the fellowship of the saints. We're going to need somebody that understands that he is faithful. We had a guy come to our church the other day. He was so demon possessed. We had the four strongest guys in the church hold him down and he picked them all up and threw them over there. How many of you know it's, it's, it's a good time to have someone that knows how to pray in tongues? It's, it's a good time to have somebody hanging out with you. That's why you don't need to be hooking up with someone that doesn't love the Lord. That's why you don't need to be hooking up with someone that doesn't understand how to fight the good fight of faith. Because some of you have seen the devil and some of you have even seen his sister. Some of y'all get that later on. <laughs> when you're at Walmart, so maybe, I don't know, but... Uh, uh, he writes to old Timothy and he picked up, where did he and Timothy become such friends? Was it when, when he first came into his ministry? I don't know. Was Timothy out there at Lystra the night that Paul was stoned to death? And the Bible says that they stoned him so bad, they left him for dead outside of Lystra. Was it Timothy that snuck in after the mob had left? Was it Timothy that snuck in and wounded and brought him back to life? Those, those people that prayed him back to life. Was Timothy the one that he put his arm around and he helped carry him back into town, bleeding every orifice of his body. How did he become such friends with Timothy? But in Paul's last letter, he's writing to his dearest friend, Timothy, who is almost 2,300 miles away from Rome. He is pastoring the church in Ephesus, and Paul way over here in Rome. I mean, that's as far as it is from Los Angeles to Atlanta. And he writes him a letter about August, and he said, Timothy, I need some help. I need you to get here before winter. 
He's, I'm a pastor. I'm pastoring the church, Paul. I need you. You are my faithful friend. You are my soldier. I mean, what if, what if old Timothy had some things to do? I mean, what if Timothy had to, had, well, oh, no, 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 no. I got my 10th anniversary coming up, Paul. No, I got to go down to Colossae there and dedicate the church. No, Paul, you know, I got all this work today, but the urgency that is upon this moment. And Paul is telling Timothy, Timothy, I need you come before winter. Somebody say come. Come before winter. There's an urgency. There's an urgency in here. I don't know why such urgency, but I think the apostle knew that death was looming at the door and he wanted to see his good friend one last time. So we had three friends, Jesus, Paul, and Timothy, but there was also three requests in this passage of scripture. He said, I want you to bring me some stuff. I want you to go all the way up there to Troas. Now get this in your mind. Here is Rome. Here is Ephesus. And Troas is about 90 miles up here. Uh, before, you, before you leave the continent, I need you to go up through Troas. And I need you to get my stuff before you come over here. I left a coat. I left my coat. Come on, Paul. You were in Rome, brother. There is, that's, that's, that's a cosmopolitan city. They sell coats over there, man. They, they, they got plenty of coats over there. What is so special about this coat that you're making me walk 90 miles to go get a no coat? There was something tied to that coat. What was it about that coat? Was that the coat that when Paul was stoning Stephen that night and the Bible says that old Saul held those coats? Was that a memorial that old Saul picked up? And was that the conviction that he wore the rest of his life, that he stoned the man that wore that coat? Was that the coat wherever he was out there casting that devil out of Elias, the witch doctor, the, the sorcerer, when he had the governor up under a spell and Paul walked up there and rebuked Elias and he said, I command you to get your hands off of that governor and the governor's eyes was open and the governor got born again and the old sorcerer was blind. Was that the coat that Paul was wearing when he was stoned outside of Lystra? And what was it? Was it such a heavy-duty coat that if I get beat up again, that's my good coat? They, those rocks won't get in on it. I don't know, but I'm reminded when the Spirit of the Lord came to Elijah in 1 Kings chapter number 19, the Spirit of the Lord showed up and the Bible says he, there was an earthquake and God wasn't in the earthquake and there was a still small voice and God was in it. And oh, the Bible says that Elijah was so covered up by the glory of God that he took his coat and he hid himself in his coat. And it's that coat he carried around with him the rest of his life. And when he died, Elisha said, let that coat fall on me. And when it fell on Elisha, Elisha took that coat and struck that water and said, where is the God of Elijah? And I'm, and I'm telling you something. There's something about the coat. It had been in many services. I don't know what about the coat, but I do know it was his identity. What is it about you that it's your identity? Take everything away from me, but don't take this one away from me. You see, every one of you's got a gift. Every one of you got a gift. That's your coat. That's your mantle. That's who you are. You ought to find out your gift. I hope this is okay, Pastor. I hope it's okay. Young lady on the end right there. 
wave at me. You don't know it, but your gift is going to take you in front of some really great people. You're going to get. You're going to be in front of a lot of great people because of your gift. I prophesy in the name of the Lord. My brother in the blue green shirt. You're going to be an executive. I don't know if you're already an executive. Are you an executive right now? You're on the way to be an executive, my brother. You put your faith on that. I saw it while we were worshiping God. That's going to be your cloak. God's got a coat for all of us. What is it that you want me to do, Lord? You know, when I got saved, I'd done so many drugs, I picked up the Bible and I read two words and I was exhausted. And then the Lord called me to preach. I said, no, 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 no. Those preachers ain't got no money. No, no. But the Lord convinced me, and I said, well, Lord, you're going to have to give me my brain back. And, and I kept praying. I said, Lord, if you want me to preach, how can, i got to read the Word. i got to read the Word. I'm telling you, he gave me a love for the Word, a love for the Word. I started reading it once every, every year, and then I started reading books. I started reading a book a month, and the God, it was God who supernaturally gave my mind back. I'm here. I'm speaking to somebody. God's going to give you back what the enemy has taken from you. You just need to believe that God is for you and not against you he said bring my coat and then secondly he said bring my books bring my books what what what's he talking about in the greek it says bring my bible well there weren't any bibles oh paul was resourceful enough hanging out with gamalia he probably had some bible we know that these 12 apostles had the Didache. We know that was the Bible that, that they wrote down a lot of stuff before we had a Bible. I know there was a written Bible called the Didache, and you ought to get a copy of it. It's pretty interesting what Jesus told them to do. He said, I need my Bible. Every one of us need a Bible. Don't ever lose faith in the Bible, my friends. If you're going to doubt anything, don't doubt the Bible. And if you're going to doubt anything in the Bible, doubt the maps in the back. Don't doubt anything in the middle. I'm like that old Southern preacher. I believe it from cover to cover, even the maps in the back. I am, I'm here to tell you there's a lot of good books. People tell me all the time, what's the good book say? I say, this is not a good book. Gone with the Wind is a good book. This is the only book that will make a devil back up. This is the only book that will bring divine healing into your life. This is the only book that will put a marriage back together. Don't ever lose faith in the book. He said, bring me my Bible. Bring me my coat. And then lastly, he said, bring me my Parchments. These are what Paul was writing books on. You know, we got 14 of his books. Paul said, I'm not done. I think, I think I'm in the last year, but I'm not done. Bring me some writing material. Bring me my parchments. Let me, let me write. Let me, let, me, let me write. You ought to tell somebody next to you, my last chapter's not been written yet. Here's a man in the last phase of his life. He said, I'm not done yet. Somebody say, I'm not done yet. What the devil meant for destruction, God is going to turn it to good. Oh, somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. And he said, come before winter. Why? Why such a small window? Paul knew what it was to cross the Mediterranean, and he'd been shipwrecked a couple of times out there. He said, Timothy, don't get shipwrecked in the Mediterranean. Come, get here before winter. There's an urgency. Come. Come now, or you might not make it. 
Pastor, when I read that, it jumped off the pages in my life and God began to speak to me and says, what needs to be done now that you can't do next year at this time? What voices are speaking today that will be extinguished this time next year? Which one of my lost relatives will be gone this time next year? I need to tell them about Jesus now. But they won't listen. Well, pray and your gift will make you an entranceway. Pray your way back into your audience. Why? The urgency. You remember the story of the man at the pool of Bethesda and Jesus walked up. He was crippled. And Jesus says, what's the matter? He said, well, I got to get close because they say that the angel comes down at a certain time. And if I'm not here on the edge, I will not be able to step in. There was an urgency about getting his healing. I believe he got healed. And if you don't have any urgency in your life, you don't have any expectation in your life, baby, you're going to get what you expect. I don't know about you but I got high expectations that if God be for me, who can be against me? If God is on my side, might as well make some bigger plans. Don't you let the devil tell you you're no good. He said, bring it now. So, 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 so take, a, take, a, take a, a journey with me for a moment. Suppose Timothy got this letter. and Suppose Timothy said, I think I'll wait. Paul said, come before winter. Timothy said, well, you know, I, I, I do have to be over at that 10-year celebration. I, I got to go anoint those. You know, he was a bishop. I got to go make some preachers over there in Thessalonica. You know, you know, I promised I'd go over there and pray for Tremotheus at Crete. I got I to gotta do all the, and maybe, maybe old Paul's just losing a little bit. And, and maybe, so maybe he waited to catch the first trip, this first ship in springtime. Maybe he waited in the first week of June. He finally arrives in Rome and he goes to the prison to be met by an angry guard saying, what you doing here? I'm looking for the apostle Paul. He said, I don't know any apostle Paul. So he, he races off to one of the saints' house, Prudence House. He goes to Prudence House and he says, hey, hey, I was looking down at the prison for, for the apostle. And, and, and where is Paul? Prudence says, are you Timothy? Nice to meet you, Timothy. Paul, he spoke so much about you. He said you were is beloved in the faith. Oh, Timothy. Saul didn't love anybody like he loved his Timothy. He loved you, boy. He loved you, but I have to tell you, they beheaded old Paul in February. What? What? He told me to get here before winter. I just had too much to do. I didn't make it. He said, if y'all see Timothy, tell him I loved him with my whole heart and I had nobody like him. And don't let that timidity get in the way, Timothy. You mean I missed? Yeah, they, they took his life. 
sometimes you and I get our minds on the wrong thing and, 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 and we don't put our minds on the right thing. Sometimes we, we get lost in the tyranny of the urgent. I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do. No, no, no. You just got to sit at his feet and let him give you the to-do list. Jesus was lying down with this posse one day and the woman broke in the door there. She brought this really expensive jar of perfume and she broke it on his feet and old Judas and the boys started speaking up. Who does she think she is taking this expensive oil? We could, that's a year's worth of salaries. We could have given that to the poor. Jesus said, the poor, you always gonna have with you. He said, but what you don't know is I'll be out of here this time next year. What is God asking you and me to do that's urgent? What is it that we got to do before winter? He asked his disciples, his three best homies, he asked them, can you pray with me for an hour? Just one hour because it, the time is short. It's, it's the come before winter narrative. You, we pray, somebody pray. Jesus comes back. He said, boys, he said, it's getting rough out here. Them demons are lining up our droves. He said, can, 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 boys, one hour, just need you one hour to pray. He went back and, oh, he began to sweat blood. He comes back a third time and what was happening? They were sleeping. He said, go ahead, sleep on, boys. It's too late now. The evil one, He's here. Sleep on. Sleep on. Sleep on. Mm. What friend? You ever heard this? I'm a pastor and we bury people every week at our church. And someone will say, do you know so-and-so died? I said, no, I saw him last week. Yeah, I had an uncle. I went to see him, Uncle Hatcher. He's ninety-five, and I said, "Uncle, what's you got any regrets?" He started crying. He said, "I regret." He said, "Pull that window back, boy." I pulled the drape back a little bit. He said, "You see that boy, two houses down?" I said, "Yeah." He said, "I regret. I never won him to the Lord." He said, I, with this oxygen, I can't even walk to the door. I should have done it 10 years ago. Mm. Let me finish. We talked about three relationships. We talked about bringing me three things. But let's give, let me give you lastly the three resolutions. And, and because we ask about what's such urgency. You know, you know to... If you got lost loved ones, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. You know the Holy Spirit never said tomorrow is the day of salvation. Nowhere in the Bible. Today is an urgency about it. Now is acceptable time. If God is speaking to you about something, do not harden your heart. Don't harden your heart. Why such urgency? Number one, life is uncertain. Number two, the disposition of our heart changes all the time. And number three, we all got to get through this thing with some good relationships.
Amen. Luke is with me. Mark is here. Bring him. Paul said one time in Corinthians, he said, I went to Corinth and I couldn't find Timothy. And I found no rest for my soul until I found Timothy and I found Titus. You ought not get through life. You ought not get out of this program without getting you some real faithful friends. I'm talking about some faithful midnight hour, two o'clock hour friends. Because I love the Word of God. But I'm telling you, there's some things that the Word of God can't do for you that just a good old pray Holy Ghost friend can help you out with. Paul said, I'm okay now. I got Titus and Timothy are here with me and they, they showed up. I guess that means my time is up. Giving me 30 minutes to preach is like giving a tic-tac to a whale. close this book I'm going to stop talking I'm not out of words I love reading old commentaries pastor some of my best thought comes I read all of Spurgeon's old sermons I just love reading those old guys I was reading a guy that, and I was reading on this passage come before winter he wrote in 1915 he preached a sermon 1950 and read that verse there was a young man sitting in the crowd and the young man, something jumped off there and he went to his dorm room and wrote a letter to his mother telling her how much he loved her. He gets a message the very next day. He said, come home, mama's not doing too well. He gets home and mama was holding that letter next to her heart, crying her eyes out. She died the next day. What am I talking about? If God is speaking to you about doing something, writing a letter, making a phone call, giving an offering, doing, do it now, baby. Come before winter. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this house. Once again, thank you for choosing our podcast today. We hope that you're comforted, encouraged, and strengthened in the Lord today because of it. Don't forget to subscribe, though. It's easy. Just go to wherever you're listening right now and click subscribe. God bless you today.